Hello, and welcome to Making Problems to Solve, the podcast about curiosity, creativity, and problem solving. Today, I'm talking to Tony Rillo. Today, I'm talking to Tony Rillo. He is a woodworker, a machinist, and uh, recently a full-time precision toolmaker. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Dave. How are you? I'm good. Thanks a lot for, uh, for hanging out with me. Um, I usually like to get started, try to find out uh, how people got started uh, making things. And I know you've been on a bunch of shows, so I've uh, heard before that you, uh, you know, always been making things. Uh, do you kind of remember, like, did you have like a creative family or anything like that? Um, I was a big Lego kid. I was known to take apart perfectly good electronics just to see how they would work and then not assemble them correctly. Uh, I, the creativity, my dad was a handyman. He's worked at a hardware store for, for it's, it's now going over 50 years. He's just one of those guys. I don't think will ever retire. I don't think I will mm-hmm. either, but, uh, but, but right. he was always a handyman around the house. My mother was always, um, she always encouraged like, Play-Doh, arts and crafts, stuff like that. So we were always pushed to do that. But uh, as far as making, no. But like I said, I was in the element of. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no problem. Okay. Sure, that makes a lot of sense. Um did you ever, one of the things that a lot of people do, but not everybody is, uh, get into music or anything. Did you ever have any uh, experience with that? No, I've, that's one thing I've always wished. I, I've never pushed myself to do it. I always, you see a lot of makers that have musical inclination and I just, you know, I got the bug to try guitar, but I never properly approached it. I love all kinds of music. I, I, my uh when i when i was at the machine shop my goal was to irritate at least one other co-worker with just an eclectic different types of music you know so i'd bug the young guy with jazz one day and then the other guy would be like death metal or i i enjoy music but as far as playing it it's it's not it doesn't come easy to me sure yeah Did, was anyone in your family ever uh, kind of musical <laughs> inclination my sister played guitar for a while. Uh, she 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 took private lessons for a little bit, and then she did it on her own. And then it just kind of it just faded with time. You know, people lose interest. So, oh yeah, sure, I get that. And I know that you did have at least some sort of uh, shop class in like middle school. Yes, right? uh, the the school that I went to, Greenwich. It's like Greenwich in every other part of the world, G R E N W I C H. But this town, you call it Greenwich, and it's it's funny, but that's the way it is. They've always had a a really good uh, shop class. They've had a really good uh, agriculture class too, because this area is heavy with dairy farming, and now uh, a lot of the smaller dairy farms have switched over to like Angus, because that's the dairy industry is kind of waning, at least with milk prices and stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. there's always been a strong uh, computer shop and agricultural classes. So I 
I took full advantage of that when I was in high school. Cool. And did you ever get into any of the art classes? The what classes? Sorry. Art, art classes. I did. I wish I had taken more, you know, uh, I always enjoyed art, but like I said, I was more of a shop kid, uh, in hindsight, like I said, I wish I had taken more math classes. I took, you know, what was the, you, you remember the region you, did you go to school in New York too, Dave? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay, I so took... the region, she had to have like course one, course two, and then you could go right. on. Well, I did the bare minimum. And then I just spent that extra time in electives, which I wish I had done a little more in hindsight because machining is pretty, uh, math heavy. I learned math, right. you know, I'm, I'm okay at math. I've been doing machining for 25 <laughs> years, so I have right. to be I somewhat decent at it. But uh, I wish I had spent more time with art, especially like the art theory and the design things. You look at guys like Jimmy that have that that school background, and and in in a lot of my designs, I don't. I'm not saying they're bad, but I imagine there's some that could be better. They could be just like ratios and things that's they might come to me sooner if i had more of a, a theory background and that's something i wish i had done but i didn't because i was a stupid kid so <laughs> yeah it's like i think that everybody is like i wish i did more or something right you can't sure. you can't do it all and now having youtube and just social media and just so much information available you can at least you know get inspiration from other people, other makers, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can, you know, just dip your toe into so many things that might, that might give you inspiration down the, down the line. Right. And I know that, you know, for a while you did a lot of woodworking. You said that, um, I think I was on a make audio's reality with, uh, uh, Justin, you said that you got a scroll saw for Christmas. Yeah, that and was, then you were doing uh, I got, uh, I think it was, I would have been 12 because that was seventh grade. So I got my first, it was the first shop class. So, you know, my dad always had power tools, but we, you know, I was too young to, to really use them. So I would, you know, mess around with hand tools and stuff. But when, you know, that's one of the scroll saws, one of the first tools you use in like a shop class, cause it's, it's fairly harmless. So I right. really got into the whole idea of, you know, you can make a lot of decorative stuff so I can make stuff for my mom or my grandmother. And I did a lot of that. And, uh, and it, you don't need walnut or oak or anything. You can just cut pine out in a scroll saw and little rattle can, and you got yourself a Christmas gift. So yeah, it was a little <laughs> like jet or I'm sorry, Delta, uh, scroll saw was my first foray into power tools. And, uh, my dad got me that and he got me a little, one inch by 30 inch uh, belt sander that I could like shape sand stuff on, which I still have the belt sander to this day. I always, every once in a while on my Instagram, I'll do a post where the, the thing just won't die. So at once a year I blow it out with an air compressor and I give it a little shot of like Teflon spray and the, the bearings quiet down and she's good for another couple of years. So <laughs> wow. But this is neat That's to pretty, have uh... that stuff. Right. That's cool. And I know that um, you posted some of your work on your Instagram um, and, and Tarja work that you've done. 
yeah, I got heavy into that in in my early twenties. It's uh, Intarsia's just like you know piecemealed. You'll have a picture, Justin from Scroll Sauce Scribbler. He's on Instagram. Yeah. He does amazing, amazing work. But that that's that's kind of like in the vein of what Intarsia is. And uh, I got heavy into that. I got a better scroll saw, and uh, that that was like from about twenty two or so till I was almost thirty. I did I did a lot of that. That was a lot of you know because. It was my first experience in exotics. You know, you could get these woods that looked, you know, you know, bloodwood was red. You didn't have to stain. And, and that was my first, you know, uh, introduction to, to exotics. There was a, a Curtis Lumber, which is an, a New York lumber company. The, there's one close to me that has a full, you know, it's not just the lumber yard with two by fours and one buys. Right. It's, it's uh, you know, they have walnut and all these crazy exotics and that was that was real exciting to discover the first time you see like zebra wood you know and it's just right. crazy grain and and uh so i i did a lot of intarsia and then i kind of got burnt out that's that's how my maker uh ebbs and flows go i usually go headlong into something and get burnt out and then i discover something else and i go i go headlong into that and then i burn out and surprising the machining has been consistent thankfully because you know it's my profession now so <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah i mean it's been your profession for you know a long time right you've done mm -hmm. it as uh you know your full-time job working for you know other people and then you know you turn that into your hobby and your side job did you ever do before you started working on the tools did you do machining for fun, I guess it would be, <laughs> or, you know, did you ever try to do any projects on the side? I like just a quick thing. Uh, I started out in a job shop. That was my first job. I learned how to, I, I, I did like, uh, I did a, a, about a year on manual machines, like just running a bridge board or a lathe. And then mm -hmm. the boss decided it would be more profitable to send the, the experienced machinists to learn how to run the CNCs because the CNCs can generate more money per capita, blah, blah, blah. So I did that. Then I went to, uh, I worked at, as a, what was called a mechanical, a mech tech at a medical facility that made catheters and everything. So we would, we would repair equipment, but most, what I did a lot was, is a lot of mold work. Um, I did a lot of building equipment with engineers and stuff. So that was fun. It was a lot of design stuff, but then um, I got, I got burnt out on that and uh, they ended up, they ended up using me more on the floor because uh, I, I just had better people skills with, with the people to repair equipment. And I got, I got bored because I wasn't machining. So, you know, it, it was just, a, it would, it, the job became monotonous. So I right. ended up going to a company and I was a millwright and a supervisor for like seven years um, for hydroelectric and I was away from machining, but at the time I was making good money. We had bonuses, um, depending if it rained or not, you know, more rain in the river means more power. So, but, uh, <laughs> that's when I started, I, I, I had, I had a, 
you know, a decent wood shop. I had the table saw, the planer, all that stuff. But then I started to dip my toe into the machining world because I missed that. And I bought just a simple jet mill drill, which is like, like a baby version of like a Bridgeport or an email. They work. They don't work great, but they work. So I, I would do little things here and there, you know, make, make brackets or stuff like that. And then I, uh, I got a, a small lathe and then I, you know, I had the, the little mill drill and the metal lathe. So I was like in heaven as far as having a machine shop. Right. And then once I went to the job that I just left, painted, painted Packard machinery, um, there, like we were allowed to use the, the large CNC's to do stuff. So before the tool making, I'd make a little front bumper for somebody's RC truck. And, you know, I would tinker a lot. And, and then I think that's what kind of led me into, well, what was the branding irons? The branding irons was kind of the first thing I did. And then it just kind of steamrolled from there. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause I know that that's, I don't remember if you, I don't know if I, knew that you were doing those before, but I guess that was a kind of a big thing where a lot of the people in the online maker community and the Facebook groups and stuff were, you know, getting branding irons. So that might've been where I first heard of you. Yeah. Cause I was trying to think of when, when was the first, were you at making it 100? Yeah. I was at making it 100. Okay. I think that I'm trying, I was trying to think I usually, you know, I was, I always usually know where I met someone and I just, I was thinking to myself, we were, my uh, wife and I were coming back from, from Paul Granger's tonight. And I was thinking right. to myself, I'm like, when did I meet Dave? When was the first time? And it, it had to have been making it 100 because we've known each other for quite a while, you know? Yeah. And so, and you've been coming to the parties and stuff for a while. So. Uh, yeah. On and off, I try to get there, but um, yeah, this yeah. year was great. Um, yeah. It was good <laughs> thanks to see a lot you. for, yeah. Like sharing your, your home and opening up to the community to, you know, like, build that people it's interesting how many people come from you know pretty far away to yeah yeah it's uh yeah it, uh joel and margo are usually the farthest they come from down atlanta way but the farthest this year yeah. was out michigan way jeremy came from michigan so that that was that was fun a lot of campers it's always a good time yeah that's and pretty not cool. during the timber yeah. end. <laughs> No, I know that was great. That's what I missed it last year. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, we've got to coordinate our maker events that are happening in the Yeah, I know. Area. It'd be nice if there was. So <laughs> Yeah. So um but yeah, that brings me back to the maker community. Do you remember kind of how you got started uh finding other people making stuff online? Well um I don't know what it was. One day I was on YouTube. This, oh, this probably was 2011, maybe, maybe 2012. I think it was 2011. And, uh, there was this guy, his name was Bob. And, uh, he was making this clock on a, this little tiny CNC called a shape Oko. And I'm like, okay. what is this? You know, because because the only the only maker videos I had seen were uh, New Yankee Workshop, this old house. My dad loved watching New Yankee Workshop. That had a big right. effect on me woodworking wise was watching 
those things growing up. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so, you know, it was Bob from I like to make stuff, you know, and he had like, a, he had a hundred thousand subscribers. That was insane. You know, I'm like, wow. You, you know, it's just, and then <laughs> it was funny. It was like, I discovered Bob and then I discovered Jimmy and then I discovered Mark Spagnolo, the wood whisperer. And right. it was, it was, uh, I, I, I didn't see Paul, my cousin, Paul, I call Paul Granger. He's New York Granger. Uh, I call him the YouTube encyclopedia because you can mention something and he'd be like, Oh, Jay Bates has a video about that. Blah, blah, blah. He'll just rattle it off. Well, I, at the time I wasn't seeing him as much as I do now. And it was like three months had went by and I think he had an, I like to make stuff stuff shirt on or something. There was something that was like, Hey, I saw this guy and that was kind of my introduction to YouTube. That was like in the fall. And then in the spring, there was a group and Facebook that was called, I like to make stuff. And I'm like, well, I like that YouTube. I I'm pretty introverted. I usually don't like hanging out and, big crowds or I just keep to myself because I like to tinker sure. in my shop, my cellar. And so I was like, well, I like, I like to make stuff, YouTube videos. So I'll just try to join this group. And I joined the group and it, and it was based around loosely around, you know, fans of Bob, but it was more, it was, it was the maker. It was the, the, the start of more of the Facebook maker community. Cause there's all these little, right you know, communities that kind of overlap, but it was Bill Lutz. It was Andy Berkey. It was Andrew Aragon. It was, it was these guys that, you know, it was Joel and, and it was all these different people that I met. And that's when I went headlong into the, you know, where I started to really, you know, the YouTube, my YouTube knowledge grew and then just diving into there. And then it, it migrated into Instagram and then the, the Instagram kind of took off. And like I said, it's these little circles that overlap, but they don't totally overlap. So you have certain pockets and it's interesting how that works. Yeah. I'm always curious about that because it's the same thing. Like I just randomly, I was looking up how to like sharpen an ax. Cause like my friend collected all these axes and I found some old one, like in my, garage or something and i'm like and he told me to look up like like the scary sharp sharpening system which is sure, sharpening yeah. like with a different sandpaper it's you know it's pretty basic and yeah, it's really it, easy yeah. to get started and then i watched that and somehow youtube recommended like jimmy making a uh, aluminum handle hatchet or whatever and yep. that was like amazing thing i've ever seen carving aluminum on a bandsaw <laughs> so then yeah oh, yeah 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 um so if i hadn't you know hadn't looked up like how to sharpen a hatchet i wouldn't have you know ever found oh i'm sure it, somehow it would have happened but it's interesting you know because again it's the same thing Did, that you find like all these people you're like oh all these people also are weird and they are yeah. just interested in making things and learning all these different subjects and topics you know woodworking metalworking this you know all related um so when you when you first found those people did you have anyone like in your like local, like your friends or people who were making stuff. Cause I know at least, you know, some people in your family, you know, have tools, have, you know, <laughs> made things, but. Um, it wasn't for a while. Uh, Keith decent was, he, I mean, Keith's 
closer to you than he is to me distance wise. Yeah. But, uh, uh, I met Keith. Um, there's a, a guy that he's about a half hour North of me named Frank Snyder. He's pretty mm-hmm. big in, in faith in the Facebook groups and stuff. Frank was, yeah. uh, was making like signs and stuff. So I, I, I befriended him and we've, we've had it with, to this day, we have a great friendship and, uh, there's, but it's, it, it's, there's not a ton of guys in my area though. And, and it's, it's, I just did, uh, the woodworking show. I showed at the woodworking show in Saratoga Springs mm-hmm. and that kind of opened the door to, to more. Cause we, I actually had a couple guys that were at the show come to the party this past weekend. And oh, cool. one's a customer and the, the other was, you know, interested, but it's just nice to, to forge those connections. And so it, it's slowly growing, but, uh, there's not a ton in this area that I, that I really know. But again, like I said, I'm, I'm a bit of an introvert if it's not on the internet, you know, um, uh, you know, cause I went from Facebook and then Paul and I went to woodworking in America that was, I think, the fall of 2013, maybe. That was in mm-hmm. Covington, Kentucky. And that's where wow. I met Wes Swain in person. Wes is like okay. my oldest. I consider he's my oldest maker friend. Uh, he, uh, I'd gotten a little cheesy 3D printer. And uh, it was like one of the, it was called a printer bot. And it was a nice little printer, but that the, the there wasn't, the explosion of printers there was now it was either you spent like two grand on a printer or you know there was this one for i think it was like 4.99 or 500 dollars, and i got it it was amazing and wes was building the uh nursery the mario kart nursery for his son do you okay. are you familiar with that well yeah i approached him i approached him and i said hey i have a 3d printer i'd love to do something for your son's room and I printed the little Mario coins. Yeah, they were maybe like four or five inch in diameter. That's what I could print. So I printed cool. him a bunch of coins and he painted them gold, and put them up on the ceiling with this Mario Kart. That was a really <laughs> awesome. Th- that was, uh, you know, that was basically me going out on a limb and trying to be a bit more extroverted. And uh, uh, so I consider Wes my oldest friend. And then. I got to meet him in person at Woodworking in America. That was like my first maker event that kicked off. That's where I met Joel and Margot. I met Sterling. Um, there was a bunch of people. April was April Wilkerson was there. I got to meet her. Mm-hmm. I met Jay. Cool. Jay Bates, you know, and that's right. kind of Jay was interested in my plane. And that's what I've talked about it on other podcasts. That's where that where my he helped build, you know, my brand and, and, and essentially he did an unboxing video on the plane and that really helped me take off and give me some, you know, for lack of a better term, views. Wow. Do you have any idea or do you kind of remember like what, what were you thinking when you're like, well, let's go to Kentucky and meet a bunch of people from the internet? <laughs> well, yeah. And it was, it, it, it's, it's, it's fun to explain that to people, you know, especially like, you know, it, I think when people come to the party, they get it, you know, they get that we can just hang out and there's no, you know, there's weirdness, but there's no weirdness. If you know what I mean? Um, oh yeah. But yeah, you, you're going to basically meet, total strangers but they weren't 
And uh, but also there was that celebrity there too. You're meeting these people on from YouTube, and you're like, oh my god, right, that's you true. know, and yeah, and uh, so you you know, it, it, it's 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 interesting, you know, you meet Jay Bates and you're like, Oh, you know, and then you just realize a lot of these people are just like you and I, and right. They just, they have a good time, you know, they're just, they're just, you know, they're, they're good at what they do, but they're just still normal people, you know? And the, that's one thing I've noticed is 99.9% .9 of the maker community, whether they're, they have, five million subscribers or five or five followers they're they're generally good people yeah i think that that somehow we attract like those people who want to again like they're interested in learning and sharing what they've learned so that's yeah. kind of you know so if, if someone's not interested in that they kind of don't make it to this community <laughs> i all the people that make are generally intelligent people and you can kind of smell bs you know right it's one you know it's one thing if if, if someone's looking to push a product or so that's fine that people need to eat but when someone is not genuine or rude or just like i said that's why 99.9 .9 of the people they get weeded out really quick and they usually right. get pushed to the side and they can continue doing what they're doing but they're not part of the community and not really yeah, being ostracized. It's just people are like, eh, that guy is a bit of a, you know, a butthead, you know? Right. Yeah, they don't fit in, right? Because everybody. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and like, it's, like you said, we're the weirdos, but we've also been through life. And you know when someone's being genuine and just, it's just easy to, to kind of pick that out. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And it's interesting because a lot of people um you know are wish that they had some sort of event because the those woodworking shows don't really attract all these different people and now like maker fair stopped happening because i know you went to you've been to maker fair in new york right mm -hmm. yeah so you were people that drew a lot of like such a wide variety of people so you could find other makers there and obviously there's maker camp which is you know in the northeast so that is not as easy for other people to get to. So it's interesting. We need to, um, you know, make sure that people can find other makers, whether, wherever they are located. So, <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's one thing we try to do with the party is, is just, just leave it open to anybody, you know, if, oh, of course, because I always joke about it. Um, with it being like, e, I don't go to parties and the one party, <laughs> the year is here and there'll be there's anywhere from you know 50 60 people though there's been times where it's been over 100 and mm -hmm. it gets to be a lot so i'll just come inside the shop about once an hour for every five minutes and just decompress <laughs> and stare at the wall right and i'll come in and there'll be like three other people and they'll all just be like they'll have their heads down and i i know what they're doing they're just coming in to chill and like someone will be like right. turning the handle on my bridge port and just, you know, just they need that, <laughs> that quiet time. So I just like, don't make eye contact and just decompress <laughs> and then go back out and host again. But, uh, yes. that's the one thing we try to do is, is just try to be welcoming because that's what most of the community is, is extremely welcoming. And, and it doesn't matter if it's been, like you said, maker fair or maker central, you know, it's, it's all that same vibe, which is really cool.
Yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah, so that's interesting. You actually did, you flew to England to meet other makers too. So it's kind of, you know, we're like, oh, we're all introverts, but I'm going to yeah, jump it, on an airplane. It, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's different, but the same, you know, and it's, it's, yeah. and again, there was a lot of internet friends and stuff, but it was that, that's probably, Maker Central was probably the, the most open, uh, as far as the scale, the open, you know, there was a ton of stuff for kids to do. There was ton of, there was a lot of stuff for adults. And then there was the, you know, it, it also had this places where everybody could just hang out. And then there's people mm -hmm. doing talks and stuff. And, and that was the one thing I regret is I never made it out to San Francisco to the, to that maker fair. And I know that was, right. that was really big, but but uh, that, that open sauce, I, I saw a little bit of that. That looked that looked like that's promising. So maybe that'll turn into something, you know? Yeah, it really looked cool. Um, there was a lot of, like, really interesting people there. And maybe that's, yeah, maybe that's the new uh, thing. Yeah. And it's, it was interesting because they had a lot of people who were just regular makers, you know, just regular people who weren't, like, YouTube celebrities or anything who could, uh, you know, set up a little booth and show off what they made, too. That's yeah cool. and, and and i think that's what that's what needs to be pushed is 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 is, is a, to allow stuff like that rather than just you know a handful of these big companies you know and i'm I'm not you know beating a drum about corporate america or anything i'm just saying you know have that open so someone can have you know their little quirky booth because then that inspires other people or like you know it just it's just good mojo yeah. And it's the same thing with any of these events, right? You have to have, you know, someone famous YouTubers to get the yeah. people to come to the show. And then, you know, it's great. You want to be able to go meet uh, whoever, Jimmy Dresta, Colin Furs, uh, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, and that that helps draw people in. And then you see the, you know, the, the thing that might spark imagination or someone sees somebody's thing and they can, you know help them move forward with their idea or it's just it's just neat to be around it's just that that vibe yeah but i mean again the once you do that you stand in line to meet jimmy director or whatever and uh you get to talk to the other people who are standing in line meet all the other the other cool people and make make friends yeah yeah and that's that that's what's so neat that's the one thing i love too is is Again, like I said, I, I I don't I'm not a conversationalist as far as like just to chit chat, you know, about the weather or anything. But if I know someone's a maker, I can talk their ear off. And then if they mention machining, it's it's on. I just never shut up. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, one of the things uh, that I was curious about was uh, making stuff because I know you have a. Uh, you have kids um, at your house. Uh, do you do you, do they get into making stuff with you? Um, not as much. My 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 stepdaughter Hannah. She will from time to time, and my youngest stepson will. They're they're actually twins. They will. Well, I guess all three of them. I have three stepchildren, and all from time to time. I don't. I don't want to be a little league dad. Right. Do you know what I mean? I would be like, you need to get down in the the Bridgeport and and make a tap <laughs> handle. You know, I don't. But it, but it's this stuff is there, and every once in a while, you know, someone will come down and be like, oh, what are you doing? And I'll explain it, and they'll either just 
glass over or they'll be interested and they'll ask or they're like hey tone i'm fixing something you know do you have glue and i'll be like yeah here you go and you need anything i i try to just you know i i try to nurture it from afar i don't want to cram it down their mm-hmm. throats but you know uh they 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 all have their own way of creating hannah is very artsy will is more into computers um like I helped them build a desktop, which and okay. then I built my own too because you know it was I realized it's not overly now nowadays it isn't overly difficult to build so things like that and it was kind of interesting. Will went to me the other day. He's like, "Oh, I'm watching this YouTuber Inheritance Machining," and he's like the new machining channel. He does amazing videos, yeah. or really well produced. But I'm like, well, what, what what am I chop suey? You know, it's like. Yeah, you got me. Yeah. You got machining videos down here, and he just kind of rolled his eyes. But uh, but it was it's it's neat to see, it it's neat to see it organically happen. You know that right. that, that they'll have that, and they'll always have access to this stuff. Um, yeah. and I'll have them down here too. Sometimes they'll help me, whether it's assembling boxes or like a lot of my packaging is laser cut. So I have a a CO2 laser, they'll run the laser and make a little extra money. And in a way, you know, it's, they see the value in, in, in making. Yeah. I was curious. Cause I had a question here. I was going to be like, do they think that you can make anything Did you know, <laughs> when they were, because you know, now they're older, but like when they were little kids, did they think that, did they have this idea that you uh, were like a wizard and could um, fix and make things? Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. In a way, they, they, the when they were younger, they were that way. But, but I'm always, I've always been very, uh, um, open with my limitations. I don't like. I'll, <laughs> I will always, I will always be like, I can make a car engine, but I can't make that, you know, or I can't do that, or you know, like Mackenzie's and my wife's an amazing baker, and it's like, I can right. make a car engine, but I'm not making an apple pie, you know, and <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just. Just you go go with the experts, you know. But uh, yeah, they've always they've always uh, I've always like you know the whole your dad holds the flat you hold the flashlight while your dad works on the car. I've tried to like not be that way. I try to explain as I'm going along, and like I said, mm-hmm. when they were younger, they were more into it. Now they're in their late teens, so you get the eye roll and. I said i just try to i get that (laughs) i try to be the awkward you know like i I do the do the few dad jokes and if they're interested i'll i'll put the time in cool yeah and it's just good i mean obviously they see you built this business and you know that they see like utility of the tools and they know that you know someone can do this as a job so that's one thing that for for the like the last six months you know they've always they know what's going on they knew what was happening they when's your last day how are things and 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 then that's that makes me proud that you know they they take the time to you know to to just check in and 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 they know what i'm doing and you know they know the different tools and stuff and they've seen grown men you know not patting myself, but they've seen like grown men get excited when they see the tools I make and stuff. And oh, that's right. And, you know, they think it's funny, but also they, you know, I've got clout because, you know, one year Izzy was at my house for the party and, and Will was just like, 
you know, he was, he was, Will was maybe 10 and he was like trembling, you know, cause he's meeting this YouTube <laughs> hero of his and he's got a picture of him and Izzy and, you know, it's neat That's or, cool. you know, uh, he'll pull his buddies aside and he'll be like pointing and he'll be like, he, he'll be like, that's Jimmy DeResta. And they're like, well, who's Jimmy DeResta? And he'd be like, he's got a million subscribers, you know, and that, and to the kids that means right. something, you know? And right, so, right. so I think that's brought in that, that, that's, that's brought me more, uh, more clout to the kids that I, that I know <laughs> a handful of these YouTubers, you know? So. And we should talk a little bit about uh, the stuff that you actually make. Um, the <laughs> block plane, of course, was the was that the first uh, tool that you ever made? Yeah, I did the branding irons, and then I did the block plane for a giveaway because I'd always wanted to make a plane, and uh, I made that. It went over well. Um, Mark Schaefer Meyer, he's in the community. Uh, he won the plane, and then he actually brought it to making it one hundred without the blade in it because he didn't know if he could get it past TSA with the blade in it. Right. So, but, uh, but, uh, I remember he was showing people there and then I think, and that, that's how it's been a lot of, a lot of word of mouth. Um, I did the plane and I've always liked double squares as far as in the machining world. I didn't see him a ton in woodworking. Uh, they were around, but just not as prevalent. So I decided I did the brass with the wood. From there, those took off and became popular. They're probably my most popular tool. And then I did, uh, I had a, a gentleman bug me for a couple years to do a bevel square, the angle, to measure angles. And uh, I, I did those. And uh, I've done a, a handful of other tools. But uh, the bevels, the squares, and the planes are my big, those are my the big hitters as far as tools go. Yeah, they're all very cool. I have just the, I have the level that you made the little. Yep. And you have a square level. on order, correct? I think. Yes. Yeah. That, yep. yep. Yeah. Cause I'm working on squares right now. So there's yours is probably in there somewhere. Ooh. Oh, cool. <laughs> there's just a big pile of them on that tool bench or toolbox. Yep, yeah. There, right so. behind you there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't want to, I didn't want to say anything. I don't want to. <laughs> put pressure on you just because you're on the show um. <laughs> oh you can harass me i that's one thing i tell everybody custom and that's one thing i've been lucky is, is is a lot of people understand that you know at the time when i was working full-time um these things take time and i, I have a family and a full-time job and and uh but that's i like i i had one person get grumpy with me once about delivery times and i explained it to him and he was a sweetheart afterwards and so uh but yeah, yeah it's you know the the one thing is is everything's custom you know you pick what you want and 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 i think that's what what attracts people to the stuff that i do is is you can you can make it yours and and i and that's one thing i enjoy doing too is working with people on what they want to do um you know as far as if I was, I th I think I would like it less if I was just cranking out a hundred squares at a whack and, you know, 10 walnut, 10 bloodwood, you know, just, just make, I don't think I would enjoy it as much, you know, the logos and engraving and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Cause everybody gets, you know, whatever wood inlay that they want. And yeah, again, you can customize it with the logo. Yeah. Cause you can, you can get ex 
extravagant with certain species of wood or engraving or anything, but even just the, the bottom of the, the, the bare bones square, you can still, there's still a lot of choices to make it yours. And, and, I, and I pride myself on that. Yeah. And sometimes people actually send you like a special. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a big yeah. thing. They send me wood, uh, you know, could be something they just have in stock. There's others that they've had, you know, for years, sometimes it's been pieces of flooring from people's houses, you know, and, and there's all different cool. kinds of things. That's great. And one of the things that I was curious about, and you talked about it with, uh, with Justin again, was that um, you do a lot of design in your head. Like so you can kind of like visualize where you're going with that. Yeah. I'm not a big sketch person. Um, I'm not a big sketch person. I'm not a big prototype person. I don't, I'm not, I'm not like crapping on it, but the way I work is, is I don't like, I don't want to make a bunch of different things unless I absolutely hundred percent have to. So usually, um, this is one of the things that I, 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 I've had a couple conversations with Berkey about working by myself in like a home right. shop situation. One of them was like, I'm not gonna have anybody to talk to. Am I going to go stir crazy? And he's like, well, the fact that you're aware of that, you know, just, you just have to take time to go see people, visit people. And, and, uh, but the other thing is, is, is my drive time. I, I didn't have a long commute to work. It was anywhere from 25 minutes to a half an hour, but I would just design things in my head. And I don't know if it's from the kid with Legos where I would just put together whatever I wanted, but I, I can imagine and visualize things really well. That's one of my strong suits is, is if somebody comes up with something, I can usually build it in my head. So I'll think of an idea and just let that just marinate for a good long time. And then maybe I'll put it on like a sketch or do like a CAD drawing or something. And, and usually it's like 90% finished. Like my when I did the block plane, from the first black plane I made to this latest one, there's really only been one change. Um, it was the way the, the cap iron, the, the piece of metal that, that holds the blade down has changed. I made it a little more elegant, but, uh, it, the, the square was the same way. The squares have been little slow evolutions here and there designs. Another thing too, is I like with, with doing the custom tools is I like people to come up with weird stuff, throw ideas at me because a lot, 90% of the time, usually I'll say yes, because, you know, unless it's something like really weird or it's a really exotic material that I don't feel comfortable machining or don't want to, you know, just mm -hmm. can't do, but that's how things have grown. Like I just made brass squares for the longest time. And then, uh, Jared Hildebrandt, Doc is his, his, his handle on Facebook. He wanted mm -hmm. a, a black, a blue steel one, you know, and I, and I, I decided to do that. And then that came along. And then I had another guy that wanted the checkered inlay and I did that. And it's all, those are the little evolutions that actually ended up becoming big sellers. So that's another reason why I like working with uh, people on that custom because it benefits me too. So, but, uh, but yeah, the, the, the design, I, 
I always, I, I love the romance of having all the sketchbooks around, but I just find that I just, I just let it, you know, fester in my head. It seems to work better for me. Okay. Yeah, I was curious about that because it seems that it would be pretty tricky to, but I guess you have so much experience operating these machines and machining. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like you said, it, it, it's in my, I have, you know, at this point I've got over 25 years experience in machining, but like if it's designing a piece of furniture or something like that, generally I have to sketch that out. But with tools and machining and metal and stuff that, that, that can, I can usually internalize that and just, that's how it works for me. Sure. And is there any, um, like existing, like where do you get your kind of inspiration for your version of these tools? Um, there, it's, it's, it's some, a lot of it, a, a lot of my, like minute designs are based around firearms and I'm not like, I, and I've, I'm not like a gun nut or anything, but like when I was a kid, um, my dad's always had nice rifles and, and we would go to like certain gun stores and you would see the checkering and the, the, I don't really care for for the the. I don't care for the state of guns now. Everything's plastic. Mm-hmm. Everything's just just blah. When I was a right. kid, a rifle was a work of art, and in a lot of the stuff I pull, it, it is reminiscent of that. And people do pick that out in certain things. Um, sometimes I just will flip through old antique. I have a lot of antique tool books, and I'll just flip through. And one time I, uh, I saw this little cast iron pocket level and it had these little acorn, like they weren't acorns, but they were like bulbs on the end. And I thought, oh, that'd be really cool to make like a brass version and do the wood and, uh, go from there. And, uh, so, you know, some of it's harkens back to the old, you know, the older tools. And then like the, the, the black plane, the black plane was, uh, was a hundred percent my design, but I used some like reference material. I've referenced other, uh, black planes and things like that to get basic, you know, I didn't want to go crazy and shoot myself in the foot by making something that was like, really nice but just didn't that just doesn't work you know i i wanted it i wanted to look and perform well so so like like uh my black plane i used uh i used some measurements from like the the little bronze lee nielsen black plane just to get my just just to understand what area i was in and then i went from there and and made it uh right i think that makes sense because you have to understand like what all people have been making these plant tools for hundreds of years. The basic proportions. Yeah, because I I've had guys like yeah I've had guys like Harju that have bugged me to make like a smoothing plane, and I love the idea of it, but I don't I I just know my limitations, and I don't I don't know enough about the mechanics of a truly high end smoothing plane. You know, I could just replicate. A Stanley number three and put my spin on it, but 
I want to really know, you know, if I change this angle a couple degrees, is this going to make it better or worse? Or, you know, uh, I, if someone's going to pay the money for the tool, I want them to get a benefit out of it as well. You know, like I said, I want it to look nice, but I really want it to perform. That's ultimately my goal is to always make it perform better than. That makes sense. Do you ever, or do you know any other tool makers? There, there's, there's quite of, uh, I'm, I'm every, it seems like, you know, every day I, I tend to, to get more and more and meet more and more people. And a lot of the tool makers that I've met are, are, are generally open. There's a, a, guy by the name of Ron Brees. He's out of uh, Georgia. He messaged me. He emailed me out of the blue like a year or so after I started making the block plane. He makes really high-end planes. Like his planes start at like two to three grand. And wow. he, he, just, he, he just reached out and he thought it was a nice design and that meant the world to me. You know, to, sure. to someone like that. And, and through the years, he's just offered me these little gems of advice and I'm able to talk to him, but there's other people. Um, there's Bruce Neville, who's another plane maker. I'm going to draw a blank because I'm trying, trying to think it, but there, okay. there's a fair amount. Um, there's a, a big show in September, the beginning of September called Handworks. It's in mm -hmm. Iowa, Amana, Iowa. And, uh, it's it a lot of the high end hand tool makers are going to be there the the high end playmakers and just all different kinds of even some Lee Nielsen Lee Valley and that but it's kind of it, it it's not like a grassroots thing but it's more of a you know like I said it's all just hand tools so it's not you're not going to hear the saw stop with the hot dog you know <laughs> every hour no <laughs> right. I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, that, that's a new circle that I'm really going to be kind of thrust into. Um, cause I, I've been talking to Jen Bauer uh, from Jen Bauer and Graven. Sure. She does a lot. Mm -hmm. She'll do, uh, she's done a fair number of my pieces. A lot of it's gotten to the point now where it, it's just second nature for someone to say, Hey, I want to buy a square. I want Jenny to engrave, you know, whatever, whether it's the inlay or the square or whatever. And I'll just, pass it along and, and we've got a good uh, rapport between each other. So I've been sure. talking to her a little bit about it because that, that's a little bit more of her circle. Um, so, so that'll be interesting. And uh, it, it's, it's another way to get, try to get my name out there. You know, that's the one thing I've, I've, I've got to focus on now with the businesses. All my eggs are kind of in the Instagram basket. When you look at like where my sales are driven from, and it makes sense, right. you know, most of my followers are from Instagram, but it's trying to, I don't want to just dump a bunch of money into like SEO stuff because I don't know how many people are truly looking for what I make just on a whim, yeah. you know? So, so it's more, you know, like I said, just, just the show in Saratoga really was, it, it's, it's, you know, it's 20 minutes for me, but it was like triple the attendance of like when we go to like Springfield Mass. There was just so, you know, it's just, it's, it's a good show and they do it well and it was reasonable. And, uh, you know, because that's another thing it has to be as affordable to me as a small business, you know, like the, 
the the woodworking shows, you know, they're they're well over a thousand dollars to show, and I've really gotta, you know, I've gotta, you know, get my name out there in order to make that money back. So that's one thing I have to be selective of too. But I'm excited for Handworks, and uh, possibly maybe the Clean Spore show at the end of October. There's a woodwork they do the it's a woodworking extravaganza. It's just like a two or three day show. So I might possibly be there down in North Carolina. And Maker Camp too. Um, I might be piggybacking off of uh, PJ Glotti and doing uh, stuff with PJ. Um, he's going to be in the flea market area. I might just set up a little card table because I don't have a ton to show. So I might be doing that with him. Okay. It was a little bit of a, a disruption there. I think there's a bird's nest in my internet connection there so we're gonna have to <laughs> try to wrap things up uh before it gets uh, too crazy so uh definitely want to thank you for hanging out with you today tony it's a lot of fun uh Thanks, where can Rick. people check out your work and buy your stuff on instagram it's uh hillview underscore tool and my website is www.hillviewtool.com and i'm on cool to just just look up Hillview tool. You should be able to find it. Of course. Yep. Everybody should uh, check out uh, your tools and uh, collect them all. Uh, just like uh, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. You got, you got a few uh, number one fans, I think who people who have got one of them, right? I do have some diehards. I have some, uh, I have a guy, his name's Doug Giants. He's out of, minnesota and i think he owns it i want to say a pro i think he's at double digits with squares wow i actually i actually emailed him because i saw his name pop up on the sale and i'm like do you was this a mistake do you and no no i want <laughs> you you came out with a different variation so he wanted it um did you oh, see no. the all bronze plane that i made yes yeah we saw that that's cool that that was that was Doug. Doug uh, commissioned that. Oh, that wow. was part of the last plane run. So that's so. cool. But yeah, so awesome. All right, and I just want to take a second to thank uh, the patrons, uh, people over on Patreon who help uh, make the show happen, especially the top tier patrons: uh, Matt from Artigiano Serio, Ed Johns, Brian Callahan, and Sean Beckner. If you're interested in supporting the show you can go to patreon.com slash making problems to solve and join uh and you can get access to the after show we have a little bit more conversation with our guests uh you can always review the show or share it with a friend you can follow the show on instagram at making problems to solve and you can see what i'm working on on instagram at dave bauer art uh thanks a lot for talking to me today thanks dave